Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome! Do you know what date? Do you know what today is? No, what? It is National Brownie Day. National Brownie Day! Brownies, is it? Huh. Hope everybody likes brownies. I see I am those brownies. Brownies! Brownies! Ovenless brownies! Brownies! I brought brownies. Brownies! Who wants one of my special homemade brownies? Happy National Brownie Day. It's showtime. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Mm. Are you okay? Is that weird when I make that noise? Are you okay? Yeah, I don't know if it's like a pleasurable mm, or a bad mm. <laughs> I was trying to close one window and open another one, and it popped up right to the thing I wanted, and I was like, mm, yeah, it's going to be a good fucking podcast here. <laughs> Love when that shit happens. Mm. Yeah, like right to the story. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, first and foremost, and this just landed in my lap, but it perfectly underscores the point I was making in yesterday's podcast. Okay. Let me read you a tweet directly from the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, the LCBO. 19 crimes. Snoop Dogg's California red wine is now officially available at the LCBO. Online only. Mmm. Uh, wait, I'm going to make that noise now. Uh, Why? I've never tried Snoop Dogg's wine. I don't even know if it's going to be good. I'm leaning towards probably not, but maybe it is. Listen, I want to try this. Why is it online only? Why are you releasing it on the 8th of December when there's very little chance it's going to get delivered on time here, guys? Um, okay, so it's possible, just thinking about what is available only online at the LCBO and what's available in stores, maybe they want to avoid people physically going into LCBO locations right now. Like, I feel like... Then close the whole goddamn thing. They're never going to do that. No, it may, oh. not, it may not have anything to do with that. There might just be a limited supply. And how do you pick one area over another? How do you say, okay, so we only have 50 cases of Snoop wine. How do, how, what's fair? How do I know that if I go put three cases over in Guelph and, and, and seven cases over here in Toronto, that no one's going to really care as much in Toronto as they did over in Guelph, but you didn't put enough or stock it? Is there no. anything to that? Like, I'm, I'm sure they've thought it out. <laughs> Maybe they've thought it out. Well, I think the problem there is you're giving them way too much credit. Listen, these things happen all the time. There are some product launches that are more anticipated than others. And this isn't even a launch necessarily because it's it's something that you can buy at uh, Wegmans locations across America. Why is it not available in store? It's a massive store. When you walk into an LCBO, there's booze everywhere. Maybe you don't need... 15 different types of Crown Royal with 80 bottles of each on the shelf. Maybe you keep some in the back and only restock when you need to, but then you can bring in more wines. I firmly believe the vintages section should be a lot bigger. Red wine is great. Uh, So is white. I mean, if white's your jam, go ahead and do that. I just think that there's too many things that are available online only. From the one and only place you can get these wine and spirits. But what's wrong with ordering online then? Like, why is it such a big deal? Just order it online. It'll go to the store and then you pick it up from the store and and you're all done. You already prepaid too. You just pick it up and go. Why can it not be convenient though? 
Why? I, I don't understand. We're not close. Not, There's no lockdown here. What about it's not convenient, here. though? You buy shit online all the time. What about that's not convenient? I think that's more convenient. Give me exactly yeah. what I want. Put it in a box for me. Just let me flash my ID, take my shit, and get the fuck out. I don't have to... Not having to wait in line would be great, but I don't think that's the case if you pre-order. But great. Have it all ready for me to go in one box at the LCBO so I don't have to peruse around the LCBO for a while to find everything I need. I'm case okay with point. it. Case in point, my printer cartridge, officially done. Printed off the last newscast on that cartridge this morning i need a new one could i go to the the best buy website and search for that printer cartridge there and log in and buy it and enter my credit card number on yet another website and then drive over and pick it up sure i could but it's a lot fucking easier just to drive down the street and walk into best buy and get it a lot easier. Uh, for that matter, I know that with them, I can trust the fact that if I order it, it will get delivered fairly timely. But it's certainly not going to be by tomorrow. I actually need to go and buy it. So why make it harder than it needs to be? I have no problem walking into an LCBO. I'll have my mask on and I'll sanitize on the way in and out. i would probably leave a little donation for the Salvation Army. We're good. It just works better that way. Uh, I don't understand why they couldn't free up one space in the LCBO to stock a couple of bottles. Even if they don't have enough for every location, pick a couple, a couple in each city. I just think it's uh, a couple in each city. Some cities barely have one. Oh, it's true. Actually, there's not enough. One thing I do find really convenient is when you get into some of the smaller towns, they'll take the LCBO and it'll be privately contracted out to like a grocery store or something. There's certain ones where they've got a beer store and an LCBO in the same building, and shit, is it ever convenient. I love it. I don't even know how to get there. I know that when I'm going between, uh, say, Georgetown and Orangeville, if I just drive straight north, there's a little grocery store there. I think it's an IGA or an independent grocer, and they've got an LCBO and a beer store in it. It's so convenient. I love it. I wish I could remember the name of it. I'd give them a little plug. Anyway, how are you? A lot's changed since the last time we got together. A lot's changed? Yeah. Well, oh, like the, COVID, the, you mean? <laughs> aliens, COVID. Uh, <laughs> a lot of shit's uh, going on. The college on. admission yeah. scandal. Well, a lot's changed. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay, let's start off with the, we'll do the COVID stuff at the end today. Let's talk about aliens. So this guy, and, and by the way, I have no problem if you're hearing this story calling bullshit all the way through, but not everybody will. The man, and I don't think I can pronounce his name properly. I don't think I can. Uh, Haim Eshed. He did an interview with a newspaper in Israel, and the story is now published in the Jerusalem Post. In fact, it was one of the most retweeted tweets of the day yesterday. He is the former head of the Israeli National Space Program. He was in charge from 1981 to 2010. 19 years of running the Israeli space program. He's getting old now. He is an academic and he says he's achieved all he wanted to achieve. He did a great job. He went into teaching afterwards and he's been well regarded by academics worldwide. Now he's got nothing left to prove. So he wants to tell his truth. He says aliens have absolutely made contact with us here on Earth. But wait. There's more. He says the aliens are fully aware of the fact that we as a society aren't ready to process that there's aliens just flying around the sky at any given time. We're not ready for it. 
So when Donald Trump was going to leak the news that, yep, there are aliens and we even have a deal with them. They asked him not to because they didn't want to create, and I quote, a mass hysteria. But this guy does say Trump was on the verge of revealing true alien existence. They're part of some galactic federation, Hmm. and they're studying the fabric of the universe. So in their travels, they stumbled upon Earth. They came down. They made contact with our leaders. I don't know if they just came in the last four years and only met Trump or if this goes back decades. Who knows? But either way, there's a deal between the aliens and the Americans that they can study us. We will help conceal that they've been here. And we even hitched a ride with them to Mars where there's an actual base on Mars. Where they're studying the inner workings of that planet. They've gone right down to the core. They dug deep. You buy it? Okay, so I, I, I understand that, like, if you took a look at this guy's resume on paper, obviously, oh, well, you were quite involved with, with this for many years. No, I don't buy it right away. Because I feel like I would need to hear from more than one person about it. Also, how do we know this guy isn't like a, a Rudy Giuliani type who you would have never imagined him doing and saying the shit he's saying now, but sometimes shit happens along the line. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying the guy's gone cuckoo, but we don't know for a fact he hasn't gone cuckoo. So th- this could just be a bunch of garbage he's spewing out there just for fun, just to see what sticks, just to see what people will say. Maybe he's angry for another reason, and this is his way of taking out his anger on them by making up a bunch of shit or causing some kind of hysteria or whatever. By the way, it doesn't, like, none of that even fu- fucking phases me. Like, even if it was true, I'd be like, okay, cool. So what's the next steps? So who yeah. owns what on Mars then? Like, where are we at with that? Like, I don't even give a shit at this point. I've completely gone numb to it. So if, you're, if your point, Guy, is to try to get people all fucking excited or upset or angry, I think most of us are just like, whatever. So I think it's backfiring no matter what. But if I heard from somebody else, if Donald Trump, let's put it this way, if Donald Trump said something, I would actually believe him. If he told us there's more to it, and, and maybe he does know more and he's actually shut his mouth at this point, which is incredible. On I his, don't believe that's even possible. Yeah. On his way out the door, if anything, maybe like come January, February, he might spill some shit. And I know obviously he's bound to not say things, but what's actually stopping you? Like when you're when you're Donald Trump, put yourself in that position. If you knew shit like that, what's actually stopping you? What are they going to murder you in front of everyone? They're not. They're not going to do that. So I'm pretty sure they wouldn't do it in front of everyone, but well, I'm pretty sure they have ways to get that done right. if they want to. But, but people would know. We would yep. see something happen to him and go, whoa, he said too much, right? Then you just start shit. So you're best to keep quiet if you're the people, I don't even know who they are, hiding this shit from the rest of the world. So in short, no, I don't believe this fucking guy. If more people come forward and say something, they have my ear, but I'm also not even, I don't even really, I'm like, meh, I don't care. Okay, well, you raised an interesting point. Why should anybody believe him? Here's a direct quote from the story in the Jerusalem Post. As for why he's chosen to reveal this information now, Eshed explained that the timing was simply due to how much the academic landscape has changed and how respected he has now become in academia. If If I had come up with what I'm saying today five years ago, I would have been hospitalized. Today, they're already talking differently. I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I'm respected in universities abroad where the trend is also changing. 
yeah, I mean, if he says he's got nothing to lose and he's 87 years old, he's lived a good life, and now he wants to tell his truth, fine. Now, we could put a little asterisk on it, and maybe this gets you excited. Maybe it makes you more skeptical. But he does have a book out called The Universe yeah. Beyond the oh, Horizon. There it is. See, there it is. I've, I've heard Yeah, enough. but just because he wrote a book doesn't no, mean it's I've, not true. I've heard enough shit. You want to sell a book? I get it now. Nope. That, I, hear, I see no other way around it. I didn't know that. Well, now I definitely don't believe that fucking guy. Nope. <laughs> But you do do interviews when you do a book. You've got to promote what's in the book to make people want to read the book. Yeah, and you can also make shit up to make people want to read the book. That above everything else, in my opinion. Hey, listen, it's called the – I'll do it one more time. Here you go. He's loving this shit. You tell them how to get the book. Go ahead. You know, I think you're really wrong on this. I don't think so that wait. just because somebody writes a book, it instantly takes away their credibility. I never said that, There's a lot of people that, who have written well, books. Well, I never said that. We're talking specifically about this scenario, this guy, and he just so happens to have a book out. That's all I find interesting is that we're sitting here talking about it because are we sure about this or not? What is our belief on it? Do we believe the guy? And then you say he's got a book. That's my point is that I was unsure about it from the beginning. Now that I know he has a book he's trying to fucking sell, I definitely don't believe him. That's all. Uh, if you, and not to say that if you write a book, you're not credible. That's not it at all. In this particular situation, guy sounded like he's full of shit. Now I know he's got a book he's trying to sell because what else does he have going on? There's probably a lot more to the story. Of course he's going to say some shit like that to try to get you to buy it. There's a lot of people who will tell their truths on their deathbed. A lot of people just want to get it off their chest. Or deathbed. He's trying he's, to sell a book. He's trying to make money. He's not on his deathbed. He wants to make money wealthy, before he actually. dies. Uh, The book is The Universe Beyond the Horizon. If you want to read it, it may be complete bullshit. It might be an actual truth that it is just unverified at this point. An alternate truth, as we were told so much about in 2020. (laughs) Alternate facts. There they are. Kellyanne Conway would be proud. Hmm. Um, The other thing that's happened since the last time we got together is at 6.30 a.m. London time, the very first approved COVID-19 vaccine went in an arm. It is a grandmother from the UK who turns 91 next week. She got the shot. She says she's quite uh, honored to be the person selected to get the very first approved COVID vaccine. You had a good way of putting it this morning. What did you say it was the first? It was, not it the was first the first outside of a trial. It was the first person to get it stuck in their arm outside of a trial. Outside of a trial. That's a great way to put it. Margaret Keenan is her name. That's pretty cool to be the first one to get the shot. Or is it dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, not to say that dear Mar- Margaret is her name. Margaret Keenan. Not to say that dear Margaret isn't going to last until 120 years old. Who knows? But when you're 90 years old and you're worried about the coronavirus and you'd like to take the shot, hell yeah, you take the shot. There's a lot of people who are skeptical about this shot, and rightfully so. I mean, hey, we don't know a lot about it, and in the past, some vaccines have taken a long time to develop. This one was done relatively quickly, and there's people who have reservations about it. In fact, in Ottawa, some of our leaders are pressing the government to put out more reliable information, let people see the data so they themselves can make an informed decision. Because there are going to be people who say, no way, I'm not getting that shot. So that brings about a bit of a dilemma here. We need people to get the shot in order to make the virus go away, but people are skeptical about the shot. 
And first, that needle is going to go in the arms of who they say are our vulnerable populations. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, General Rick Hillier did a news conference yesterday with the premier talking about Ontario. He said it's going to take between six and nine months to distribute the vaccine across the province. They could do it a lot faster, but it only comes in so many doses and only so often. He said priority is going to be given to vulnerable seniors, their caregivers and healthcare workers. The premier added it's also going to go to adults in indigenous communities, retirement home residents and chronic home health care recipients. Is there anybody who disagrees with that list? Because I think we can all agree they are the people who need it the most, right? I I don't know. In my opinion, it should go to the people who need it the most. Uh, Everything else should be put aside. I don't care that you really want it or you're curious about it. It's old people and people who work in long-term care homes first, period, the end, then hospitals, frontline, healthcare workers, everybody else working in healthcare, and then the most vulnerable, and then, and then, and then, and then the list should follow. We're going to get 2.4 million doses during the first three months of the new year. The ones that are coming next week are just going to be there basically for show. I mean, they'll go to some people, but it's not even going to scratch the surface of who actually needs it and fits the description of vulnerable populations. My question is, is it smart? Is it ethical to take one of those needles, just one, one of the 2.4 million And stick it in the prime minister or stick it in Dr. Teresa Tam. Take one away from a vulnerable senior to put it in someone who doesn't need it just to prove that you can trust it. Because if the prime minister himself or the chief medical officer of health, Teresa Tam, Dr. Teresa Tam, if they're willing to take it, if they trust it, you can too. Do you think for the greater good, it would be smart to make one of them or give one of them? A shot just no. so they got it? No. Why? To prove to those Not people even who are No, because most of the people who are talking shit like that, and I don't care who you believe in, trust me, this is not coming from a political place at all. No matter who you fucking like or don't like, here in Ontario, I don't give a fuck if it's Ford, I don't give a fuck if it's Trudeau. If you're actually saying that and saying, you put a stick it in your arm first, you're not going to do it anyway. You're not you going think? to line up next to them, even if they do it. So that point is just stupid. So, people attempting to make it a point, which isn't a point at all. Give it to the people who need it first. I don't give a fuck when Trudeau gets it. He doesn't need it right away. So he should not get it right away. You know what I'm not sure about when it comes to this vaccine? Oh, actually, before I say that, I will say down in the U.S., the three former presidents or three of the former presidents, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, have all volunteered to take the shot and do it on television so people can see that it's safe. Not to be outdone, then Donald Trump piped in and said, I'll take it on television so people can see that it's safe. But the question is, Don's had COVID-19. Do you need the shot if you've already had it? Because that I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely you do. You still need to be vaccinated? Because well, I thought you had some natural immunity no, after you've see, had it. No, see, this is where, and I love Bloomberg. I'm going to give a shout out to Bloomberg who tweeted out a video to explain that there's no there's no such thing. It's If you had COVID, you can have COVID again. Mm-hmm. And they've proven this already. Just because you've had COVID doesn't mean that you're safe and you're free and you can go mask free. That's not the case. They did a very intense study on it. And in fact, one of the people who got it the second time died the second time. First time around, all they did was lose their taste and smell. Second time they died. 
Wow. So, and, and, and by the way, that is, again, that's Bloomberg that, that sent out a note on that. It was a very credible source that I looked at. But there are so, there's so many rumors. I don't even know if they're rumors, Scott. I'm not sure who, who said what here, or people just assume you got some natural antibodies. Yeah, and some people can build that up, but that's not the case in every human body. And unfortunately, we don't know whether we produce that as a person. I could have had it, and then I think, oh, I'm good to go. But the next time, it could be completely severe. You actually, we don't know this. So yeah, absolutely get the shot if you're worried about getting it a second time. Is it uh, one of those things like a flu shot where you're going to have to get it every year? Or do you just need the one inoculation and maybe a booster 10 years from now? Now that I don't, I do not know at all. I'm not sure about that either. I haven't heard any reliable information one way or the other, but I'd be curious to know that sort of thing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When it comes to the college admissions scandal, it's going to take an interesting turn today, and I'm here for it. Do you want to explain what's going on with Jada Pinkett Smith? Sure. So I love that she chose to go on Red Table Talk. And I'm talking about the youngest daughter of Lori Loughlin, who's involved in this college admission scandal. Of course, did not face any legal action because it was all her mom and dad. But sitting down today, and by the time you hear this, maybe it'll be done already. Um, but sitting down today on Red Table Talk is Olivia Jade. Now, Olivia Jade, for those that don't know, she will talk because she's a beauty influencer and she doesn't want to lose her followers. She went quiet for a while, beginning of the scandal. Uh, she did more recently go back on and she's been putting out her videos and doing all the things that she did before. But obviously, there's a big elephant in the room when she does those things. So finally, I believe she's just at the point where too many people are saying things, asking her questions. What did you know? What did you not know? That she decided to to do this. So Jada, along with Willow Smith, who does it every time, and Willow's grandma, will all ask her the questions. Here's here's a bit of the teaser of what we heard so far. So do you understand why um, different people in the community would be upset? Do you have any understanding of why I would be upset? At, at your being here and, and what you all did. I would also the love to hear it, it from you because I feel like it's a good learning thing. I think I can understand how wrong it is. And we had the means to do something and we completely took it and ran with it. It's so interesting. I, I think for those who don't remember the college admission scandal, this was almost sort of like a pay to play kind of deal. Uh, tell me if I've got any of these details wrong, but there was a couple of celebrities who basically claimed their kids were athletes and then funneled a bunch of money into these schools to get them into these well-respected schools that they might not otherwise be able to get into because they're not smart enough. Right. And it wasn't so, just about money. It was also about creating fake portfolios for the children who were then all of a sudden rowers. And, oh, all of a sudden they're really good at this and that to get them in, even though they'd never done it. In fact, in some cases, the photos were photoshopped that they used to get in. Yeah. If I were a rower, by the way, I'd be fucking pissed. Like, wait a second. You got recruited, quote unquote, to the rowing team. And that's how you got into UCLA or whatever school it was. You didn't actually earn your way in and have the grades to be here because that's really the two ways to get into an American school. You either need the grades or you've got to be on one of their sports teams. 
Okay. Well, she didn't check either of the boxes, so they made her a rower, paid off the school, and boom, she's getting a UCLA education. Is that right? No, of course it's not right. No, it's not right. Let me answer my own question. Not right. But she got caught and do an actual jail time for that. I personally thought that was a little harsh. You thought the jail time was harsh? Yeah. I mean, no, you can't do it. But it certainly wasn't just her or the, the couple, the parents that did this. There was other people in the school that had to have been in the know on this. Like, you can't be the coach of the rowing team. And all of a sudden you find out the kid of a celebrity's coming in and, well, they're they're not a good rower at all, but we're just going to claim that they're a good rower so that they can get into the school and they're going to make a big donation. Like people on the inside knew this was happening too, as far as I can tell. Oh yes. Yeah, for sure. And I believe some people did get caught. Um, and I, was it not uh, Rick Singer who was, he, he was kind of known as the mastermind for the whole thing. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there's somebody organizing this whole thing. And let's not be... Yeah, it was basically his scam. It was basically well, him scam, and he was taking he was taking money for it. So yeah, I mean, he did receive. I do. I actually don't know what the what the punishment is, um, but I know. Let me see. Your prosecutors say he paid uh, hundreds of thousands in bribes uh, for, for fake soccer recruits, all kinds of things. Now, obviously, we're we're talking about the celebrities that are most well known. So your Aunt Becky's and your Felicity Huffman's, we talk about who already served her time. By the way, she's done. We talk about the most, but there are a lot of other people, like well-established sure. people who tried to get their kids in or did end up getting their kids in based on lies. But you know what, though? Like, at what point do you take the training wheels off and say it's time to swim or sink? I don't get it. Like, there, you've got a university-age kid, and you're willing to commit fraud and take away a spot from a kid who did earn it just to get your dipshit kid into a school that they're not smart enough to go to. I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Why would you risk it all to get your kid into a school that they're probably going to flunk out of anyway? I mean, if they weren't smart enough to get in, it's perfectly reasonable to assume they're not smart enough to maintain that it's, education. It's status, and it's about the parents more than it is about the kids. It really, truly is. It's a status thing. Um, in, in Olivia's case, and I remember when people would go back to the footage once this all got out, she would even say in in her YouTube blogs, "Ugh, guys, I skipped class again today because I want to do this." Like, not only did she get in and 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 get in because of her parents paying their way in, she also didn't even go to some of the classes. So she compl- she didn't even take advantage of it. Like it's 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 a, like a triple slap in the face. The whole thing. Hey, listen, I want my kids to have a great education, too. But at the end of the day, short of me sitting down to to write their high school exams and then do their assignments in university, they've got to take some responsibility for themselves. That's what it all comes down to. You can't just use your money to get them into some great school and then expect miracles to happen. They don't you can't take a dumb kid and put them in a specific building And all of a sudden, they're going to be smart. That's not how it works. You actually have to put in the work. And by the way, this happens all the time. This isn't just a thing that's unique to celebrities or to Huffman and Aunt Becky there. This is – there's rich people around the world that are probably paying off schools or coaches or whatever to get their kid in. And I just don't understand it. 
Either your kid can do the work or they can't. But you can't buy that degree for them. And even if you did, eventually they're going to be asked to put that degree into practice when they get a job. And they're not going to have a fucking clue what they're doing. I, I can't wait. Like, this this will be interesting, what we're talking about now. Olivia J talking about it. I can't wait. You know Lori Loughlin will have her turn. And I don't know. It could be with Oprah, for all we know. But I'm curious about, about that. We know what she said in court. We know that they... <laughs> they tried their best to fight this and still try to kind of, I don't even want to say sneak because they did everything within the laws, um, but she tried her best to not do any jail time at all, even though she knew she was extremely guilty. But I just, I would love to know what went through your mind because all those things that you're bringing up about your kids and education, you're absolutely right. So what was she thinking? Was it just a status thing? Did you want to just let people know your kids aren't dumbasses and they don't just blog for a living, which by the way, I'm sure they'll make a great living doing. That's fine. But is it, was that what it was about? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I would love to see the sit down with Lori Loughlin after she's out of jail, too, which, by the way, might be before Christmas. You never know. By the way, some kids are dumbasses. And if you're a parent of a dumbass, maybe you don't want to admit it to your friends or maybe you don't <laughs> want to admit it to yourself. But your kid's a fucking idiot. There's no reason for them to be going to get an Ivy League education when they can't handle it. They weren't good enough in school to get in. They sure as shit aren't going to be smart enough to handle it once they're there. You're just pissing away money for something that they're not even suited for. Put them in something a little bit smaller, a little bit more introductory, and go from there. Sure. And when they decide to get serious and buckle down and do the work, which they're, I think everybody at the end of the day is capable of doing the work, it's just a matter of want. So once they figure out how to do it, great. Then they can go and apply as an adult to UCLA or Princeton or Harvard or Georgetown or whatever. There's no fucking reason to be bribing people. On the rowing team. Like, you couldn't have picked a bigger team sport where they might just sort of blend in and you can call them a bench warmer or something like that. (laughs) Why the rowing team? There's only three people in the fucking boat. They're going to stand out. Like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's or. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. And I just pull it, right? Sorry, I'm fucking dumb. I did it now. (laughs) Seriously. It drives me crazy. Um, uh, one more thing on this, and then we'll move on, because I know you want to mention something here. But uh, uh, most people, I think, know my son goes to school in America. He's an NCAA athlete. That's great. Do you know how much time they spend in study hall every week just to make sure that they understand the content and to make sure their grades are good. Because if your grades are bad, you can be the best fucking football player in the world. If you flunk out, boom, you're off the you're team. You're out. That's right. Grades matter. And if you're a star soccer player here in Ontario and you're really hoping that someday you can go down and play for the the Princeton soccer team. Without the grades, it's not a conversation. Mm -hmm. You could be the next Pele. If you don't have the grades to go to that school, you're not getting in. Well, unless mommy and daddy pay for it or pay somebody off. But really, that's the only way it works. Grades are everything, and you've got to put the work into your school. Anyway, moving on. Well said. Well said. Uh, Yeah, I want to stop down for a sec to tell you about David's Detailing Garage. I just got my car done recently. Salt stains everywhere. They're gone. The car looks absolutely brand new. Uh, They'll disappear. He does great work. Uh, if you want to check him out on uh, Instagram, it's at David's Detailing Garage and on Facebook, too. Gift cards also available. Great stocking stuffer idea for you. Uh, and he's out of Cambridge. David's Detailing Garage. If I had to guess, I would say that you, back in the day, as I use air quotes, were probably a juicy girl. 
You probably had Juicy spelled across the butt of a few <laughs> pairs of your pants, okay, didn't you? No, honest to goodness truth, I it never said Juicy. It would say something like Dreamy or some, some knockoff shit. I, I couldn't afford that. No. Yeah, Juicy stuff was expensive. I do remember that. Uh, Juicy apparently has realized that yeah, there's still a demand for our shit. So Juicy Couture tracksuits are back. They're making a Ooh. comeback for their 25th anniversary. By the way, has it really been 25 years? Because I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. So those, okay, the thing with those, they are actually are comfortable. Super expensive though. Does it give you the retail price like average for a yeah. tracksuit? <laughs> so I'm looking at it now. I'm on their Instagram. You can get a pink or black hoodie paired up with a faux fur pair of track pants. The combo is $330. It is. So you're paying Lulu prices, but you're not actually getting Lulu. You got to ask yourself, huh, is Juicy on the same plane as Lulu? I got to decide if I'm going to spend money on this. Both are probably pretty comfortable. I mean, you know, you got to hand it to them for coming back this year because we're shopping for comfort above all. I mean, I don't know about you. But I'm definitely shopping a little more for comfort because we don't have those meetings and those holiday gatherings that we did before. So, yeah, fuck it. I will spend good money on good tracksuits or whatever. So, you know what? I I could see this actually being pretty popular. Maybe it will be. It surprises me sometimes how much people are willing to spend on various apparel items. I mean, well, fuck. look at the shoes. How much is a pair of Louboutins? But it seems like every fucking girl I know has got at least one pair, unless they're all doing real good knockoffs. People spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a pair of shoes that you can only wear in some certain select circumstances. You're absolutely right, Scott. So this year, yeah, $330 for a full tracksuit? Maybe. But I think, you know what? I mean, I had a great time in high school watching those girls just walking on by. (laughs) Juicy. What, on your civvies day? Like, yeah, it's Juicy Juicy. Couture Day. (laughs) But there were knockoffs, right? There was some. It wasn't Juicy. It was like... Juso. uh, (laughs) Juicy. J-E-W-S-Y. What is that? Juicy. Oh, Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) J-U-S-I-E. Juicy. Juicy. Wait. Hold on. You know what? I'm waiting on FUBU then. If Juicy's first, I'm waiting on FUBU. You know they got to come up next with their stupid oversized. And I say stupid, but the memories I remember, especially for guys, this would have taken me back to like grades five and six where they would wear these ginormous FUBU sweaters. And I mean to the point where they were past the knees, basically. Just these oversized like diddy wears it so i'm gonna wear it because i'm cool you know those stupid fucking fubu sweaters yeah you might as well bring those back too you're gonna bring back the juicy for the girls bring back the fubu for the guys we can all fucking live like it's the 90s all over again and pretend that 2020 isn't here who's with me i'll be sitting around in my baggy jeans (laughs) kicking it with my timberlands on it's gonna be fucking awesome i'm very very excited Kicking it with my templates. <laughs> my hill figure jeans that are way too big for me. Yeah, my fucking Adidas tear-offs, too. Why not? Ooh, Throw those yeah. in the mix. Right. Tearaways. Those were yeah, big yeah. back in the day. Uh, Juicy Couture's Instagram has pictures if you want to see what you're getting. If you're thinking about ordering these. Uh, hey, guys. 2021. You're going to be seeing Juicy across the butt all over again. And I'm here for it. 
Uh, anything else we got to cover in this one? Because uh, literally we could go on for three hours today. Yeah, um, you know what? We, we could. I guess we'll stop ourselves from doing it. Tomorrow we shall chat with you again. We will know more about that interview. We will, uh, who knows what else pops up. I mean, really, honestly, who knows what else could come. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. December 8th, 1980. They got out of the car, out of the limousine, and walked into the archway area of the Dakota. Uh, Mr. Chapman came up behind them and called to him, Mr. Lennon, and then in a combat stance, he emptied the Charter Arms 38 caliber gun that he had with him and uh, shot John Lennon. New York City police were at the scene in a matter of minutes. They say the gunman didn't run. He was stoic, as one policeman described him after being taken into arrest. Lennon is said to have given the man his autograph earlier in the day. Lennon staggered into his apartment building after the shooting. Policeman James Moran, who was in the car that rushed Lennon to the hospital, told me Lennon was shot point blank. His shirt was red with blood. He was at best semi-conscious during the trip.